On the Virtual Bible Study tonight, we want to talk about God giving extra biblical messages. Yeah, you know, a lot of people think that uh, that God communicates with them, uh, gives them direct guidance in maybe important decisions they have to make and so forth. We want to investigate, does God work that way in our study tonight? All right, we're going to get started right now. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 93- 3814567 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you into the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, June 30th, last uh, program for the first half of 2022. Boy, the year's half over already. Yeah. Crazy. Thanks for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father Greg Gwynn is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you. It's been a long time. I was, I think it was six weeks ago tonight since we were on the program together. Time flies. Time flies. We've had a lot of different things going on. Yeah. But Kyle's been constant throughout yeah, it all. he's the steady one. Kyle, welcome it's, to the program. Good to be here. I'm glad to have you back. Yeah, thanks. Good to be back. And um, <clears throat> glad that you're listening on the other end of the line tonight. I've still got a little bit of a hack in my throat. So <laughs> it's, and when, I want to, when I try to talk, that's when it comes. It's terrible. But uh, we'll make it through tonight, hopefully. And uh, we want to hear from you. You can help with the talking tonight at 931-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com. Sign into the chat window at the bottom of the video feed if you're watching us live. You know the routine. We're looking forward to hearing from you tonight. Jacob, we actually have a little bit of an anniversary to celebrate tonight. Right at this time, we're either just <laughs> concluding the 17th full year of virtual Bible study or we're, or tonight begins the 18th year. But we began uh, right the week of July 4th in 2005, if that's if that can even be remembered. Uh, wow. It, it's been a long time. Uh, those who were with us way back when will remember that. Initially, it was a, uh audio-only program, and we have certainly expanded and added to and changed and done more. Uh, and, and what's really incredible is that the audio of all of those programs – uh, is still available. If you go to our website, the, the, the com, if you go to the archives page, if you look especially at the WMA archives, that WMA stands for Windows Media Audio, mm-hmm. and you can get all of those audios going back for 17 full years. Yeah, and when we started, we were worried that people wouldn't have enough Internet to listen to audio only, and so yeah. we kept it at a really low bit rate. Yeah, a lot of those were, uh, back then, we were a lot of people were still on dial-up. Yep, yep, and so we were we tried to keep it as as skinny as we could on the feed. <clears throat> we graduated to some very crude video with a camcorder, Yeah, and then, um, well, then Kyle got control of it and took it to the uh, next level. Yeah. So it's been it's been 17 years, incredible. Uh, yeah. That's a that's a lot of Thursday nights, and a lot of our listeners have been very faithful to participate with us in 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 a lot of that, and we appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for being here. I've benefited from 17 years of it, and uh, if our listeners get a fraction out of it, what of what I've gotten out of it, uh, then it's been good. All right. So uh, oh, another another little uh, announcement before we get into our study. Uh, we're coming up quickly on our community Bible study here in Columbia. Uh, this is a thing that well, this is this will actually be the tenth one. That's kind of surprising too, Jacob. Ten, ten of these community Bible studies. It, it, this would have been the thirteenth if we had to had mm-hmm. to lay off for two years because of the COVID problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we're getting back to it, uh, and, and so on the eighteenth and nineteenth of July. That's uh, a Monday and a Tuesday night, the 18th and 19th of July. Two weeks from Monday. Two, two weeks from this coming Monday. That's exactly right. Uh, uh, at the Memorial Building in downtown Columbia, uh, Donnie Rader is going to speak to us about family and parenting concerns in this modern world. You know, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. There's a lot of, of this uh, gender identity business and 
all kinds of crazy stuff that uh, just seems some new thing hits the news every week that will challenge families and challenge parents. Donnie Rader is going to be our speaker. I think a lot of our listeners in Middle Tennessee know Donnie. He's a great Bible student, a good speaker. And I think uh, his lessons will be very beneficial. So if you're within a driving distance of Middle Tennessee, uh, of Columbia, Tennessee, uh, and you can come on Monday and or Tuesday, the 18th and 19th of July, uh, for our community Bible study at the Memorial Building downtown Columbia. All right. Yeah. We'll have more information on the website, too, as far as location and everything. Is it up on the website? Not yet. Okay. I, should, I, I just now thought of that, so we'll try to do that. Okay. All right, good. You'll want to be there for that, um, so stay tuned for more information on that. All right. We've got some good listeners in the chat room tonight. If you haven't signed in, sign in with other listeners and share your thoughts. Look on the at there. Tonight. Look there, Jacob. Brian, who is usually in California. Oh, is that the same Brian? Brian is currently in the Ark. In the Ark. Wow, is it going to rain? No, he's in Arkansas. Oh, he's got Arkansas. family in Arkansas, okay. and he's headed this way, I think. Okay. So it's good so to have Brian. So he Hicks in the chat room might want to take cover because Brian's yeah. on his way. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. So what got us to thinking is uh, this topic uh, sort of was generated by a video that is currently circulating on Facebook, <clears throat> and it is of interest only to people who live in Murray County, Tennessee. Here in Columbia, <clears throat> we are Murray County, Tennessee, and we have an election underway for county mayor. Uh, one of the candidates in that uh, uh, election is a fellow who has actually been on the virtual Bible study with us a couple times, I think, a long time ago. Yep. David Baker, he's a Baptist preacher here in in Columbia, Tennessee, and he was gracious enough to join us. We had a good conversation about some of our religious differences, uh, and that's I didn't even stop to look, but it's, that's been probably fifteen years, fifteen ago. years ago, maybe yeah. when we uh, we had him on the program. Uh, nice guy. He's running for mayor uh, here in Murray County, and he put out a video as to uh, – there's a lot involved. We're not going to get – there's sort of a little bit of a controversy between him and one of the other candidates that this this video addresses. But we've just clipped out the part of this video that talks about him asking God to make the decision for him. And so we're going to play that real quick as sort of a springboard for what we want to talk about tonight. So, Kyle, if you hit that. Roll the clip tape. All right, to Kyle. There was a veterans dinner and they invited me to speak. I spoke, things went well. After that, a lot of people started asking me to run for things and I said, no, I'm a preacher, not a politician. And I did, I started praying about it then. I had a strong sense that that's something that God would want, but honestly, I did not want to do it and ran from it. Ever since then, people had been asking me to run for county mayor and kept pushing it off until it got to be so much, I felt like that may be what God wanted. I wrote down seven or eight things and said, God, if you want me to run for this, then God, these things need to happen. And within two weeks, they did. And so you see, uh, David Baker's, well, it wasn't some, some kind of signal from God. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he said, I need these things to happen, God. Here's the, here, God, here's the condition. So I don't really want to, he basically said, I don't want to do this. I don't want to run for mayor. But God, if you want me to, these seven or eight things, and he actually said he wrote them down. These seven or eight things need to happen. And he said, they happened within two weeks. I knew God want me to run for mayor. Now, David Baker is a nice guy. We differ with him about a lot of religious issues. Uh, but uh, our question is, and we want to use his his uh, video as a sort of springboard, does God do that? Does, does God give direct guidance? Uh, and so I ask the question, does God provide extra biblical guidance? Uh, and, and that's basically what David Baker was suggesting and what a lot of people believe. We, Jacob, we, we, we know people uh, in our association that sort of go that direction too and we we want to ask if, if that is the case so here are the questions we sent out earlier today to our update list uh, if you're not on our update list get on it by sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com these questions we sent out earlier today if god is giving these extra biblical messages what would we expect to be the case relative to every single message given Number two, what does the concept of extra-biblical message say about the Bible as it stands? Number three, what are the practical dangers associated with believing in extra-biblical messages? Number four, comment on these potential helps that, that, can, that we can use in applying God's Word to our daily lives. Prayers, 
experiences, help from and counsel from other Christians, circumstances that confront us. So we're going to talk about there are some things that we can do to help us make decisions. And we're going to talk about some of those things that practical helps in making important decisions. But number the last one, what's the the main problem with seeking subjective confirmation for everything that we do? And that's basically what these people are wanting is some sort of feeling or subjective confirmation. All right. Let us know your thoughts tonight. So, so, let's, so let, we're looking at, uh, you know, it's sort of David's video sort of reminds me of like a modern day Gideon. You know, I need the fleece to be wet. Then I want the fleece dry. I need some kind of message from God. Now, Gideon did it. Things different today. We need Gideon did it in a time when God was dealing directly in those ways. And he uh, talked to God with yeah, God. Yeah. yeah. And so there was direct communication. We don't, we don't, by the way, that's probably a good point to make first, Jake, is that we don't deny that God has done such things in the past. Yeah. Uh, the, our question is, does he continue to do such things today? Could I put a fleece out in my backyard tonight and say, God, if you want me to buy that new car tomorrow morning, make the fleece wet and the ground all around it dry. And then the second, well, yeah, that happened, but I want I want additional confirmation next next night. I, I'm really interested in this used car, but God, if I should buy this used car uh, tomorrow morning, make the fleece dry and the ground all around it wet. He doesn't do that. We just don't believe that God deals with us that way because we think he's given us a complete, thorough guide in his inspired word. All right. Let us know your thoughts in the chat room tonight. All right. So the first the first question, and it's a really simple one, is... If God is actually giving these kind of extra biblical message, what would we expect to be the case relative to every single message given? We'd expect there to be consistency and uniformity, complete harmony. The big problem here, Jacob, is that the people who are claiming this come from all different religious beliefs and practices. David Baker is a Baptist, and we differ with him on some things like baptism for the remission of sins. Because we know that because we've had a personal uh, exchange with him, uh, uh, and, uh, an in-person study with him about that. So if you believe that baptism is required for, for remission of sins, and you believe that God has given you these messages, and David Baker does not believe that, but God's given him messages too, we got a big problem on our hands. You know, uh, in, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14, uh, verse 33, it says, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And so th- this would make God an author of confusion if he's giving direct guidance to all sorts of different religiously oriented people who believe and practice different things religiously. That's a problem. And and, and so I, I would, I was, if he's doing it, he's not doing it for everybody who's claiming that because the, they're, they're, they're actually going contrary to his word yeah let's take one thing off the table here and if if god is we don't even have to get into whether or not he is or he isn't but if he is every message that he gives would have to harmonize with the scriptures and the sad thing is people are concluding that god is giving them messages to do things that explicitly violate the scriptures yeah. i talked to a man one time who was going to pursue a relationship with a woman that neither one of them had a right to pursue. And he thought it was from God and that there were signs from God that they needed to be in this relationship. If you're getting a message that contradicts and violates anything in the scriptures, you can be assured that that message is not coming from God. It is not a divine message. Yeah. Now, you can talk about where it's coming from, but you can peck off the table that it's coming from God if it contradicts anything in the Scripture. I think that's a really good point. Uh, I remember years ago, and I may have used this, uh, told this story on the virtual Bible study before. I, I was visiting with a guy and, and, and trying to study the Scriptures with him, and uh, he, he was determined to get a divorce. It wasn't a scriptural situation. And he said he, he stepped out on the front porch of his house, and there were two doves sitting on the power line that came into his house. And while he watched them, one of them got up and flew away, and the other one stayed put. And he knew that was God speaking to him about this divorce situation. So, again, if, you, if you're going to do that, you, it, it, whatever, whatever God's supposed to tell you would not be a contradiction to the Scripture, or God would be the author of confusion. Yeah. 
Right. Brian says Gideon was seeking confirmation of what he was being instructed by God to do, the will of God. Matters of the kingdom are reserved to the affirmed word. Today we should not be seeking divine approval of the daily secular affairs of our temporal world. I think that's really good. Well said, Brian. Uh, in Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, it says, According as his divine power hath given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. And so we have a complete, final, confirmed revelation from God. And... and we don't we don't need anything and now we're going to talk later in the program there's some things that, so if i'm if i'm facing an important decision there's some there's some helps that i can that i can use but i'm not i should not be looking for additional messages or revelation from god all right time for a break when we get back where we're we going from here all right when we get back uh, let's just talk about the fact that if god is using these extra biblical revelations it's sort of cast off on the bible as as it stands. All right. We'll get that on the other side. We'll get your thoughts. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Enjoying the virtual Bible study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. Here's a quick thought. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, If there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Philippians 4, verse 8. What will you focus on today? The Holy Spirit instructs us to transform our thinking. How much different will your day be? If you think on these things, seize the day. Here's some quotes worth pondering. Don't be curious of matters that don't concern you. Never speak of them and don't ask about them. What we do on some great occasion will probably depend on what we already are, and what we are will be the result of previous years of self-discipline. All that a man does outwardly is but the expression and completion of his inward thought. To work effectively, he must think clearly. To act nobly, he must think nobly. Man, wish I'd said that. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Colossians 3:17. Now, back to the program. Back on the program tonight talking about extra biblical messages from God. Do they still occur today? Let me give you a, I just want to give I got a couple quotes here just sort of again to emphasize that this is general thinking in the religious world. Mm-hmm. A lot of our listeners uh uh will uh recognize the name of this secular author J.I. Packer. Uh, and he said, uh, it's, oh, no, excuse me, I don't want Packer. I want, I, I had a quote from Packer, but here's the one, Francis Chan. I think a lot of people will recognize the name Francis Chan. He says, the spirit not only inspired the Bible, but also illumines it for us today. Something happened. I'm not one of those people who often hears God's distinct, clear voice, though I know some people do. But on this night, the spirit of God said to me, I want you to love them as your own children. This was overwhelming to me. So he says God directly spoke to him. Uh, 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 the context of that is not particularly important. But it, uh, he, he said, I heard God's voice tell me, do this. Okay. Uh, now, uh, of course, uh, uh, Francis Chan is a denominational author, but, but I have a quote here from uh, a preacher in the Church of Christ who says, I guess my point is God gave us his word, but his word is not everything. I have heard his voice and dreamed dreams that moved me in directions he needed me to go. None of these things were outside the revealed word, but believe me, I heard them all the same. Well, how could they not be outside the revealed word if you heard them? Yeah. Maybe it means not in contradiction with the word. I don't know. Yeah. Well. So the, those are the kind of troubling statements that we think are uh, need to be addressed uh, our question, the second question we sent out, if that sort of thing is true, what what does it say about the Bible as it stands? Uh, well, th- that quote we just read from a Church of Christ preacher, he says, I guess my point is God gave us his word, but his word is not everything. Well, he's, he's saying the word is insufficient. The word is not adequate. I need more. I got to have additional messages from god okay uh 
again, that, that's contrary to what the scriptures teach. Jude verse 3 is a famous verse, but notice what Jude said. Jude verse 3, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. Other English versions say once for all delivered to the saints. It's a finished thing. God's revelation to mankind is is a finished product. All right. Um, <clears throat> yes, and so to expect additional revelations seems to be contradictory to those clear passages. Yeah. All right. All right. So again, I, I think uh, that the that those who are saying this, I don't believe they mean or or would even recognize it's what they're doing, but they're casting off on the scriptures as being an all sufficient guide from God. All right. Second Peter chapter one verse three. According to his, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. We have all things that we uh, need. Everything. Yeah. Exactly right. Okay. All right. So, follow-up question to that. What are the practical dangers associated with believing in extra-biblical messages? I cut Dwight and Michelle off on that. They were sending that in as I spoke. They, okay. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Yeah. Okay. Okay, good. All right. So, first of all, uh, if we... Uh, believe that we need these extra messages, then we're saying that all truth is not established based upon what the Word of God says. That, that there is truth to be determined outside of the revelation of God, and uh, that that truth can be term- can be determined by other methods, not just by His Word. But Jesus said in John eight verse thirty one thirty two. Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So notice the emphasis, continue in my word, know the truth. That's all we need. There, 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 there is no additional truth that I need that's not already found in the word of God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we need input from our listeners. We didn't. We didn't get our normal emailers to to join in tonight. So if you're in the chat room, uh, join us, uh, uh, and uh, we'll, we'll try to get your comments in the chat room or call us on the phone if you'd like. So if I need these divine nudgings, if I need these dreams. What does it say about 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17? All scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. What does it say about that verse? If I need God to nudge me or push me in a direction to do something, what does it say about that verse? Yeah. It, 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 it Obviously, it, it's casting off on the Bible. I don't know what, however... however how else to say it? Okay. So another danger, Jacob, that I think is that we open ourselves up to being deceived. Uh, in Jeremiah 17, verse 9, it says, The heart is deceitful above all things. Who can know it? It's easy for a heart to be deceived. Now, I was thinking about our friend David Baker, who believes he got a message from God to run for mayor. If he doesn't win that election, what's that, what's that say? Well, I imagine his answer would be, well, God wanted me to go through that for whatever reason. <clears throat> Maybe so. But, but, but Mike, you know, he said, and it wasn't just one thing. It was seven or eight things that he wrote down for God to do. Well, what kind of things were those? Like, you know, it's going to rain three inches over the next week. Uh, what, I mean, he, they, he, didn't, he didn't enumerate them, but I would are they, with are, Yeah, you know. The kid's going to get a sore throat. I mean, wh- my brother from Kentucky will call me at eight o'clock tomorrow morning. Yeah, and yeah. the car's going to break down. Yeah, or I'm going to get I'm going to get good news. I mean, it's, it's the the criteria that people put on God for those kind of things are subjective in and of themselves. Yeah, it's not like if you want me to do this, I want the sun to come up in the west tomorrow instead of the east. All of this, all the conditions they put upon God are things that could normally happen anyway. You know. And they're and they're trying to they're trying to draw a conclusion based upon things that are happening by random chance. Yes, and he many times uh, David Baker says he didn't want to run, but many times people are wanting to do 
what they're putting conditions What's on. It's like that guy you said that well, was wanting a divorce. Uh, he was wanting to do something different from what yeah. the, the word said. I got, I've got a job offer in another state, and it's going to triple my salary, but I'm not sure if it's the right thing to do. God, would you show me if this is what you want me to do? Yeah. Did and, the son. Oh, wow. You know what? God does want me to take that job yeah. that triples my salary. What a shot. <laughs> did the son raise three levels on the steps to go back to retreat yeah. the yeah. steps? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like in the Bible times. Yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. You know, another thing that the, the Bible actually talks about lying uh, signs and wonders. Uh, notice Second Thessalonians 2, verse 9, beginning. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Notice that the scriptures here, Paul warns about not loving the truth. And if you don't love the truth, he says you can be susceptible to uh, lying signs and wonders. Uh, I think people should take that into account. Uh, they need to love the word and they need to see it as all sufficient. All right. First John four, verse one says, beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they're of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Well, this is a time when there were true prophets, yeah. but I would say there's still false prophets today and you need to be careful about hearing things that could be uh, in violation of God's will. Yeah. I would say, too, that we're talking about the practical dangers associated with believing in extra-biblical message. I think that the, that one of the practical dangers is if I, I don't, you, you can never really be certain about anything. If we, if, if we have to wait for some kind of subjective confirmation, we can never have confidence that we're doing anything right. You know, if it, maybe, we, maybe we took that sign wrong. Maybe the sign meant something else, and we took it this way, and it meant that way, and I think it actually opens us up to more doubt than certainty. Absolutely. And I think it's, it, it illustrates a lack of faith when it gets down to it. Because God's made promises to me that he doesn't have to re- reaffirm. He's given me instructions that he doesn't have to give again. Now, I do need wisdom, and we'll talk about that. But when I have to have a confirmation from God about every decision I make, I think it may indicate that I don't have faith in what he's revealed. Yeah. And and again, if you're waiting for some kind of a feeling that this is the right thing to do, you, your feelings can be deceived. I, I don't know if I've ever told this story on a virtual Bible study or not before, but I remember an illustration that was used to uh, this old farm boy uh, decided he wanted to be a preacher. And he said he had received a sign from God. He was out he was out uh, in the in the barnyard one day, and he looked up in the sky, uh, and the clouds. He was just sure the clouds had distinctly formed the letters G P, and he took that to mean go preach. Well, it turns out that the old farm boy what didn't have much oratorical skill whatsoever, and he, he was kind of confused. And and uh, one of the old brothers in the church said, "Well, he says perhaps you must you mistook the sign." Instead of GP, go preach, maybe GP meant go plow. <laughs> but again, you don't know. If, right. you're, if, you're, if you're going that direction, how can you know for certain? Some comments in the chat room tonight. Dwight and Michelle said, John 14, verse 15, if we love God, we keep his commandments. Why would we be looking for anything else but what he's already told us? Eric references Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, he shall direct thy paths. What paths and how will he direct them? Good question, Eric. Well, uh, he shall direct thy paths according to his word. I think that those, are, if, if, if Eric's question is, what would those paths be? Those would be the paths set forth in his word. Now, we're going to talk about it in a minute. You know, his path, I can follow his path working this job or that job, as long as they are good jobs yeah. and righteous jobs and they're not, they're not jeopardizing <clears throat> my spiritual well-being. We're going to talk about that in a minute. In other words, there's not just one path when it comes to what house should I live in, what job should I work, what car should I drive. There may be many different choices there, but I'm still in the path of faithfully serving God. 
Good question. And, you know, I do think the paths are the way that I live my life. But there, you know, there are a lot of people who think maybe God's charted everything out in my life. Exactly. I think that's underlying this view. Yeah, that God has uh, has a plan worked out for me. And and it requires me to move to St. Louis and take this job. And it will require me to come in contact with this person who's going to do this for me and that. And I don't believe the scriptures would teach that, but God will direct my path in whatever scenario I come into. Yeah. And um, and and God works providentially, and there may be things that God is working specifically in my life. But I think the assumption that God has everything planned out and that I need direction for Him to get exactly on that path may be misled. I think you're right. Brian says, would it be akin as well to be to God being a respecter of persons, special revelation to one and not another? Uh, maybe so. How come how come David Baker, for instance, says that God gave him this? I, I've never had such signs. Is God a respecter of persons? I think that's a fair question to ask. All right. And one more thing here, Jacob, and then we'll be ready to move on. From it. I tell you, one of the practical dangers of thinking that God speaks to me, maybe even I hear his voice in my ear. It, 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 I think it has the potential to produce uh, a, a sort of arrogance and a resistance to things that are actually taught in the Word of God. I, I had a preacher friend once who says, once, God, once a God has spoken to a person, you can't do much with them. So, you know, if you're trying, so maybe this person is in religious error, but he believes that God has spoken to him. Well, you're not going to be able to tell him any different. Who are you? God spoke to me. Why should I listen to you? God's speaking to me directly. And so there's this danger that we'll even prefer that, reject the word over the idea that we have received some additional revelation from God. All right. Let's get a break and get this week's bullet point. Uh, Chime in in the chat room while we're gone or give us a call, 931-381-4567. What do you think? Uh, Do you agree? Do you disagree? Let us know. We're back right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. We have a friend who's been telling us for a long time, I'm not overweight, he says, I'm just six inches too short. When we learned that he was scheduled for an annual physical checkup, several of us predicted the doctor would put him on a no salt, no sugar, no nothing sort of diet. After the doctor's appointment, we were quick to ask, did he put you on a diet? No. What a shock. How could this be? A little prying produced a confession. The reason the doctor had not ordered a diet was because our friend had volunteered at the very beginning of the exam that he was already trying to lose weight. No need for the doctor to give diet instructions when you tell him you're already on one, right? Pretty clever evasive action, wouldn't you agree? Our friend is not the first one to stumble onto this method of escape. In fact, sinners have been doing it all through the ages. It is accomplished like this. If someone seeks to admonish you about a sin in your life, simply admit that you're already aware of the situation. For instance, when some brother comes to you because you're not attending the services regularly, just say, I know I ought to do better, even if you have no plans to improve. It will disarm any attempt to restore you, but it does keep folks off your back. After all, you already know what you should be doing, right? The point is this. You can try to evade the problem of sin in your life, but it doesn't solve anything True repentance does. Try it. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. My name is Jim Meisner. I worship at the Church of Christ in Deckerville, Michigan. Be sure to listen to the virtual Bible study and watch it. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The virtual Bible study. Take it away, guys. We're back on the program tonight. Reminding this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more at thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeview.com. Find out uh uh, or watch what's going on at the College View Church of Christ on YouTube. Yeah, the College View live stream. Yeah, we got a lot of a lot of good lessons on there. We're studying uh, the fruit of the spirit, and we're just starting Luke on Sunday mornings. I think, right? So, yeah, a lot of good studies. Yeah, a lot of good things. And the production quality's out of this world. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Talking about extra biblical messages from God tonight. Right. Dwight and Michelle said, Paul told Timothy to preach the word. He said nothing about listening or looking for a sign. Yeah, that's right. That's you know, that's uh, that's something that's a good point. If we should be listening for these messages, these dreams, 
these nudgings, these illuminations, why are the scriptures silent about them? Yeah. That's that's an important question to ask. All right. I think you're right. I think Dwight's on, on to a good thing there. But it, are you telling me then, Jacob, that there is no help available? So I've got a really big decision pending. And I need I need some I need some guidance. I, I just I, I'm just sort of totally stressed out. It's a major life changing deal. Are you telling me that I'm on my own, that there's no help available whatsoever? Is that what you're saying? That's not what I'm saying. I don't know what you're saying, but that's not what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So what we want to point out is that we think that there are several things uh, that that are uh, available to us. Now, I really think that the main guidance of God needs to be sought in his word. That's the main communication of God to us. In fact, it's it's his exclusive direct communication with us is through the word. Uh, and so, uh, you know, for instance... Um, should I, should I try to reach my neighbor with the gospel? Oh, this is tearing me up. What should I do? Well, the the word of God says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the father and son of the Holy ghost. Matthew 28, 19. I don't have to wonder if I should teach a lost person how to be saved. God already told me I should be doing that. Uh, uh, should I, should I honestly report my income taxes? You know, I got this I got this little side income over here and I think maybe I could probably hide it from the IRS. Should I should I report it or not? Well, I don't have to ask for additional guidance about that. Ephesians 4 beginning verse 25, wherefore put away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor, let him that stole steal no more. I mean, when God's word is explicit, I don't need to be looking for anything beyond that. And God's word is very thorough and explicit. And so, you know, if, if the, the very idea of looking for something additional beyond the word uh, ignores the primary source of the guidance that we need in our lives. Okay. But I think there's more. For instance, the scriptures tell us to pray for wisdom. Uh, James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. There you go. That's what we're talking about. There's so that illumination. But it's not illumination. Wisdom is is just the ability to apply what you know. It's it's the skill or ability to put into practice what you already know to be so. And so I might pray for wisdom to reach my neighbor with the gospel message. I know that I have an assignment to reach lost people with the gospel. If I have a specific person, maybe I, I should, maybe, and, I, and I'm, I'm just struggling to, to know the words to say or the approach to use, I can pray for wisdom, and the promise is that God will give us that kind of wisdom. It's not a whispering in the ear, but it's just a, it's just a sense of, of knowing how to move forward with what, we're supposed to be doing all right yeah it's sort of a uh, close synonym that would be discernment right yeah yeah um <clears throat> then uh, and so uh, again pray pray god answers prayers in in all different kinds of ways he's not going to answer prayers by giving you a new revelation separate apart from the bible but he does provide wisdom yeah uh and 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 you know someone could ask how does that happen? And I'm not sure I know the answer to that. Uh, how, how wisdom is gained through experiences, both good and bad experiences. Uh, so maybe I'm praying for wisdom on how to teach my neighbor the gospel. And I remember something that didn't work before. Uh, so I, I gained a bit of wisdom by an experience wherein I was not successful in sharing the gospel in the past. And maybe a situation where I was successful in sharing the gospel in the past. And so I garner wisdom based upon those experiences. And so uh, that, that's part of the way that wisdom comes. And it also comes, uh, it, I, it also, I think, has to come back to God's word and uh, wisdom in how to apply God's word. You know, you, you get into a difficult situation where 
it, there are difficult decisions to be made. Wisdom will help you to apply God's will, word in the situation you're in and you, the principles and truths from God's word in navigating the situation you find yourself in. It requires wisdom to know, all right, how do I love my neighbor as myself in this situation? Or how do I seek God first in this situation? I'll have to have some wisdom in that, and prayer for wisdom will help with that. Yeah. And and again, as we were saying, some of that wisdom comes by the experiences that, that we pile up when we're, when we're busy doing what God's Word tells us to do. Uh, still in that passage in James 1, Remember, he says, if you lack wisdom, ask of God, it will be given you. The verses just preceding that said, my brother, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have a perfect work that you may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. So he, he had in the immediate context of that, he had talked about some some bad or negative uh, experiences that help provide the wisdom that we need to live our daily lives. OK, so. Again, I think uh, things learned by experience. And then Dwight Michelle said brethren prayer and prayer are good helpers in making decisions. So they throw brethren in there. Yeah. And, and that's the next point I wanted to go to. We have the help and counsel of other faithful Christians. Uh, sometimes we just don't know, you know, which way to turn. Uh Maybe I just need to seek out a brother or sister in Christ who I have great confidence in them. They know the Bible well. They seem to be living it very successfully in their own personal life. And and maybe I can get some help from them by asking them about the situation I'm dealing with. Now, they're not going to, if they're a faithful brother, they're not going to tell me anything different than what the Scripture says. In fact, the matter is, they'll probably open their Bible and start reading Scriptures to me. But their knowledge of the Word and and their life's experiences in applying it can be very helpful. And uh, we're encouraged to do that sort of thing. Galatians 6, verse 2, Bear ye one another's burdens, so fulfill the law of Christ. Hebrews 3, verse 13, exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Uh, so I think this is a real positive help. I, and, and I've got to believe that it is, uh, you know, underlying God's wisdom in providing us to have relationships in the body of Christ. You know, he could have just said, you be a Christian, you're out here, you're out here on an island by yourself. He didn't do that. You're a Christian, and, he's, and he even instructs us to seek out a, an association in a local body of believers. So uh, he he surely understands that there's a there's a resource, a valuable benefit for us to be associated with faithful <clears throat> brethren. All right. And 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 in these kind of decision making circumstances, it can be very helpful. Let's grab our last break, Jacob. And then one more thing we want to talk about in in this regard is uh, divine providence. Okay, getting into a deep topic there. We're going to take that up on the other side of the break. Uh, send your comments in now or give us a call. We're looking forward to hearing from you. Don't go anywhere. We're back right after this. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. Hello. Hey, Matt. No, I don't have any plans for Friday night. What are you doing? Oh, I won't be able to go with you to watch that movie. Because, Matt, the movie is rated R. Hey, why don't you just come over and hang out at my house Friday night? Great, I'll see you there. Being pleasing to God means that you may have to be different than the crowd. But don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. You just might find it is easier than what you expect. A message brought to you by College of Church of Christ. We're training the trends on the virtual Bible study. Americans' membership in houses of worship continues to decline, dropping below 50% for the first time since surveys have been taken. In 2020, 47% of Americans said they belonged to a church, synagogue, or mosque. That was down from 50% in 2018 and 70% in 1999. That information is via gallup.com. The Word of God says in Psalm 9, verse 17, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all the nations that forget God. 
Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program tonight, uh, going to the top of the hour, talking about extra-biblical messages from God. Do they occur today? We believe that the Scriptures do not give us any indication that they will and that there are some real dangers with uh, expecting them. One of the things that, that, that this topic necessarily intersects with the whole concept of divine providence, Jacob, uh, and, and there, we believe that God acts providentially in our lives. I think if God is not active in our lives, then it's, it seems, to me, it seems sort of pointless to pray. If, if God is not going to do anything in my life, why would I pray and ask him to do things in my life? So I think God answers prayers. He doesn't answer them miraculously. He doesn't answer them by, you know, divine, direct uh, revelation. But there is such a thing as providence. And probably the best example of providence that's found in the Word of God is the case of Joseph. Remember, Joseph's brothers had sold him as a slave. He ended up in Egypt. But, you know, you, everybody knows that story. I think that's listening tonight probably knows the story well of how Jacob was elevated ultimately, although he went through a lot of hardship, he was ultimately elevated to highest rank in the, in the nation of Egypt. Uh, and, and when a famine struck, his, his family came there and, and were spared from the famine. And Joseph said this in Genesis 45, beginning verse 7, God sent me before you to preserve you a posterity in the earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he made me a father to Pharaoh and a lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Joseph said it was God's providence that brought these things to pass. There wasn't anything miraculous in it. Now, there was a little bit of a miraculous intervention when God gave Joseph the power to interpret dreams. But, you know, uh, Joseph saw this as God's hand. Of course, Joseph, I think, was an inspired man, so he could say that with some certainty. God sent me here to preserve you a posterity in the earth. But one of the things about providence is, by definition, you can't say for sure when it's happened. Uh, we, we pray for God to answer prayers. God answers prayers. And and he has a variety of different things that might happen, you know, not miraculous things. We don't think God's working miracles, but we believe that God can and does answer prayers. And that's in this broad realm of providence. We've had whole uh, uh, episodes of the virtual Bible study where we've talked about God's providence. But God is alive and active and working in the world today, and he's working through his providence. But by the very nature of providence, you can't put your finger on it and say that was God doing that. I think we need to be very careful about that because you hear people who very definitively state, well, it was God's providence. Or isn't it amazing how God works in this way or that way? You can't know for sure. Paul didn't know for sure in Philemon, verse 15. He tells Philemon about Onesimus, who has now become a Christian, has been very helpful to Paul. Good things. An amazing thing that he went from being a non-Christian, runaway slave. Now he's a believer, a follower of Christ. He's helpful to to Paul. Many, many people would say, what a wonderful providential act. Doesn't God work in wonderful ways? Paul didn't say that. He told Philemon, perhaps he departed for you, for you, from you for a season. Yeah. Perhaps. Paul didn't know for sure. And so here's an inspired man who's going to be careful about stating definitively that God is working in providential ways in the matter of Onesimus. And I think we need to be careful of that as well. Paul didn't know for sure. You're turning to Esther. Yeah. Chapter 4. Go ahead. If you've got it up, go ahead. Mordecai tells Esther that God is going to take care of his people. So she's a Jew, but she's been chosen to be the new queen of the Persian Empire. Yes. And Mordecai says, maybe this is providence. He says, God's going to take care of his people. We know that much. That's been promised. He'll do it. He'll take care of it. And maybe you're the way that he's going to do it. And but many, how many people would look at that? Well, you're a Jew and you've risen to such a level as queen, that has to be God's providence that he's going to deliver his people this way. Mordecai says, yeah, <coughs> maybe that's what it is, but yeah. we don't know for sure. So, so uh, uh, there, there was a plot to annihilate the Jews, and Mordecai was calling upon Esther to use her position as the queen 
to intervene to save the people. Uh, uh, and she, she was somewhat hesitant because she hadn't been called to the king's presence, and, and it, you know, she, she didn't know she had an avenue to... Might be, to, might yeah. be her neck. Yeah. But he said... If thou altogether holdest thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall, shall be destroyed. And who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? He said, you can't know for sure, but it may very well be that you're here now by God's providential plan to deliver his people. So be careful about speaking definitively about providence. Does God work providentially? Absolutely. Paul expressed that. Perhaps God is working providentially, but be careful about saying definitively, oh, God's providence is working here. Exactly. We don't know for sure. Exactly right. In the chat room, Dwight says, if we're looking for a special sign on every choice we have to that we have to make in our lives, why would we even bother then looking to God's word for how we should live? Uh, I think and again, I want to reemphasize in regards to the the guidance that we need for living our daily lives, the very main tool that we have at our disposal is God's word. Okay. And, and But I think for some reason people are way more inclined to look to other things rather than just look to the word. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I, I, I've, I've written a list. Uh, the last question is, what is the main problem with seeking subjective confirmation for everything we do? Well, the main thing with seeking subjective confirmation is that feelings can be deceiving, you know. Uh, so, again, I would ask that question of, of our friend David Baker. We, we played that video at the start of the program. Today. What's he going to think if he if he doesn't win the election for county mayor? You know, I, I, his feeling was that God wanted him to be the mayor. Now he's not the mayor. His feelings were deceived. I don't think it'll probably change his approach, but I, I, it would it would you would certainly think it should be taken into consideration. Here's here's a list of here's a list of mistakes I think that these people who are looking for these extra biblical messages from God, here's a list of things I think that they have a problem with. Okay. First of all, thinking that God has a discernible preference in every decision that confronts me. So you suggested earlier, Jacob, maybe I've got a choice of two jobs, you know. One's in St. Louis uh, and one is in Houston. Which one does God want me to take? God probably doesn't care. As long as both those jobs are jobs that will allow me to seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, Matthew six thirty three. As long as those jobs are not going to interfere with my, with my spiritual life and all my duties that associate in my spiritual commitment to God, God doesn't care whether I live in St. Louis or Houston. And so, you know, make your choice. God, God, it's a mistake to think that God has a preference, a necessar- necessarily has a preference in, in every decision like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and well, people and people want things to work out perfectly and they need some kind of subjective confirmation that, well, this is the way that's going to work out for the best. But Paul had things that didn't work out for the best for him, but he had God's word that instructed him. And so he could say, I know how both how to be abased and how to abound everywhere in all things. I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. So maybe I make a terrible decision, and I really should have gone to Houston instead of St. Louis. But I know how I'm going to deal with that through God's word. Yeah. Maybe it's a terrible job, a terrible situation, but... Paul says we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, again, we talked about the, the danger of trusting your feelings. <clears throat> feelings can be deceived. I think that there's a danger if you're looking for these for these kind of extra biblical messages. You overlook what's logical. You neglect what is reasonable and rational. Uh, when Paul was was rebuking the church in Corinth in First Corinthians chapter five. Because they had this man in their midst that was an immoral character, and they wouldn't and they wouldn't address that situation, he says in First Corinthians five or six, "Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven liveneth the whole lump." In other words, I think he's saying common sense ought to tell you that if you let this guy stay in your midst, he will have an evil influence on other people. A little le- don't you know? He's not saying. 
the scripture says a little leaven, leaven, the whole lump. He said, you should know this just from your own common sense and logic and reasoning powers, that if you leave an immoral character like this in your midst, it's going to infect other people. Know ye not? I think that expression, Paul's saying, use your head, use your sense, and, and, and get busy and do the right thing here. Okay. All right. Uh, <clears throat> another problem uh, that these people sometimes run into is that they are prone to taking Bible verses out of context. Uh, uh, and, and so uh, they can, uh, they, they, they reach false conclusions because they'll take a phrase or an expression in the scripture and take it out of context and use it uh, in, in ways that they should not. Uh, uh, that, this goes all to the question of biblical interpretation, and we need to make sure that, that we're following sound rules of biblical interpretation. Uh, you know, the, the, the old classic example is uh, uh, Jesus said, in one place Jesus said, Judas went, the, the scripture says Judas went out and hanged himself in one place, and in another place uh, there's the expression, go thou and do likewise. Uh, and then another place, what thou doest too quickly, <laughs> you know. So if you if you snatch phrases uh, out of context, you could come to all kinds of false conclusions. And I think sometimes people are are inclined to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, it's a mistake to expect that everything in this life is going to turn out roses. You know, the, I think a lot of times these people who are looking for these extra biblical messages believe that God has this plan as you describe and and his plan has it for everything to turn out just perfectly ideal in my life uh, and that's never promised to us not in this life yeah and in fact if, if we study the lives of faithful people of God in both the Old Testament and the New Testament many of God's most faithful servants suffered horribly in this present life Jesus being the ultimate example of that Things don't necessarily turn up roses when we're doing the will of God, but that doesn't mean we're doing it wrong. Uh, sometimes bad things happen to good people. Sometimes God's people are persecuted. We've been told that we can even expect that. Uh, in First uh, Timothy chapter three, or is it Second uh, Timothy three? Second Timothy three verse twelve. Second Timothy three twelve says, "Yea, all that will." And all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. So it's just not, you know, we should not expect that uh, if if we're interpreting these guidances from God correctly, everything's going to be perfect. He never told us everything's going to be perfect. All right. So there's a lot of problems associated with this idea of seeking extra biblical guidance. Uh, we'll try to remember and it's, it's it's still a couple months off, but we'll try to remember to update you on whether or not David Baker won the uh, mayoral election in Murray County, Tennessee. Yeah, God told him to run. <clears throat> you would think if God told him to run, he he would win. Yeah, you know, I, I get back to what Dwight and Michelle offered that you know the scriptures are silent on the fact that uh, that God was going to be working in our lives this way that god's going to reveal himself his will to us in dreams he's going to give us nudges scriptures are silent on that and how can i have faith that that's really how god is dealing with me if the scriptures don't teach that yeah if if the scriptures aren't saying you know you ought to expect this and here's how it's going to work and here's how you can know it's from god if it's this kind of dream or if it's this kind of feeling or if it's this kind of sign scriptures are silent on that how can I, by faith, know, well, this is God, Yeah. if the scriptures don't explain it? Yeah, I think you're right. All right. They have one last comment in here. Uh, Jacob Dwight says, this reminds me of those who predict the return of Jesus. What kind of sign did those people get to predict such a thing? Especially <laughs> when the Bible tells us no man can know the time. Yeah, exactly right. All right, good discussion tonight. Kyle, final thoughts from you tonight. No, it's good. Have, I think you, had any, need, uh, have you had any visions or voices while you've been uh, no, over there? No, uh, Okay. Which I do. I have. I've uh, know of people who have had uh, revelations from God. Which I think we need to stick to the scriptures. I think we need to. God has revealed believe, all we need they, to know. They, they believe they had a revelation from yes, God. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of people it's, in that they category think that they have, and it's yeah. Mm. yeah. 
Kyle, thanks for being here it tonight. It was good. Good yeah. study. We appreciate that, your help. And, um, Dad, thank you for your time tonight. Thanks, Jacob. Enjoyed being with you. Enjoyed being with you on the other end of the line tonight. Hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. Hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life. Study His inspired Word of the Bible and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.